0: Welcome to the Mosh Zone episode 28 week 28 volume 28 number 28 big show this week as we do every week lots in store we've got all the Mosh news we've got Mosh reviews and our guest this week is Bjorn of soil work and the night flight orchestra all of that coming up in the show. So let's kick things off as we do every week, and that is with the Mosh News. First bit of news this week was Rob Zombie, the shock horror rocker himself, has announced that he has joined the ranks of Nuclear Blast Records. He's also announced that there will be a new album on the way, and it will see the release in 2019. So that's pretty exciting. Good that Rob Zombie is on another big label, and that will further push him and expose him to more people. Not that I don't think you wouldn't know who Rob Zombie is. British boys Our Hollow, Our Home have announced that their sophomore album will be called In Moment, In Memory, and it will be coming out October 19th. To coincide with this news, the band has been posting a few little 22nd to 32nd teasers of music on their social medias, Now, it is a bit hard to gauge what the album is going to sound like, but at the moment I'm a bit nervous about where it's headed. I hope it ends up being as good as their debut, so we'll have to keep our eyes and ears peeled for more songs that are released in time. So, as I said, Our Hollow, Our Home, new album called In Moment, In Memory, coming out October 19th. Speaking of new albums, Beartooth announced their third album will be called Disease and it will be coming out September 28th through Red Bull Records. To coincide with the news, they also released the title track in a music video and oh, I'm not sure, not digging it. Beartooth are one of those bands that are gaining a lot of attention and really rising the ranks in the metalcore, alt-metal scene. It seems like this song is going for a more mainstream approach. The album possibly could be going for a more mainstream approach. The song Disease feels like it's lacking that bite, that crunch, that real aggressiveness that they're known for. But it will be interesting to see if we get some more music before it's released. And of course, we will be excited to review that when it comes out. So, as I said, it's Bare Tooth. Their new album is Disease and it's coming out September 28th. Canadian band Counterparts have announced a new EP will be titled Private Room and it will be released September 7th. To coincide with it, they released a music video for a song called Monument off the EP and it will be coming out through Pure Noise Records. Counterparts are one of those melodic hardcore bands that do it so well. It's a really impressive song but... To be honest, everything that Counterparts has done in the past has been good, so I don't doubt that this EP will be anything but great. They did reveal that a lot of these songs are B-sides and leftovers from their previous album, but we will be excited to hear it when it gets released. As I said, it is called Private Room, and it is coming out September 7th through Pure Noise Records. Aussie heavyweights make them suffer released a new song this week called 27 through their label rise records now there's no word on if this is just a standalone single or if it's going to come off a new ep or album but it is very very impressive make them suffer seem to just go from strength to strength really good song make sure you check that out it is called 27 and it is out through rise records the metalcore Gent Boys Within the Ruins released two new songs this week. The songs are called World Undone and Resurgence. They are also the first songs with their new vocalist, Steve. And impressions on the songs, they sound okay. I There's nothing really that stands out that makes it really worth repetitive listens. But it is good. It is good to see that the new vocalist really seamlessly fits in. The interesting approach with these songs is there is now a bit of melody and clean vocals. It seems to work. Be interesting to see if there will be an album on the horizon. Some people are saying these two songs are part of an EP. I don't think two songs means an EP. Two songs is just two songs. An EP needs to be four or five tracks. But those songs are called World Undone and Resurgence. Make sure you check them out. British band Bleach unleashed a brand new music video for their song anguish now bleach are very similar to a band we mentioned the other week called lotus eater from england they're a band that do that new progressive style of metalcore meets new metal really quite exciting a very undiscovered band in the australian scene but we really recommend you get behind bleach really good song got a lot of potential this band So their song is called Anguish. Make sure you check that out. The last bit of Mosh news this week is regarding British progressive metal band Shapes. They've released a new music video for their song Calloused Hands. And they originally said they were going to release an EP in July. And then on release day, they cancelled that and said it's no longer coming out. A lot of rumours were that The pre-orders and the build-up hadn't gone as successfully. They've now announced that this song, Calloused Hands, and the other singles that they recently released will be on a new album coming out very soon. So that's Shapes, and the song is Calloused Hands. Make sure you give it a scope if you enjoy your progressive rock. It's enjoyable, but it feels very much like I've heard it before. It's periphery, but also very Let Live-esque. But if that's your jam, make sure you check it out. So that's it for Mosh News. We're done for this week with the segment. Now, of course, any of those music videos, any of those album artworks, any of those details that we've discussed in the Mosh News, you, of course, can find it all on our website, which is www.themoshzone.com or... You can scope them out and check them out on our social medias. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's now time for Mosh Reviews. First album up this week is the new album by Skeleton Witch called Devouring Radiant Light. Out now. So first off, this is the fifth album by the band and this album clocks in at eight tracks. They're a band that have built a solid reputation and a very solid discography by having a knack of blending a vast array of genres into a very pulsating, exciting sound. They're a band that have found a way of melding everything from thrash to death metal to black metal to core. Now this album is also their first full-length album with their new vocalist, Adam. He did also appear on their most recent EP. Now that he's entered the band, the band have found a way to open the door and forge forward with more of their different extreme tastes in music. Now, what I mean by that is Devouring Radiant Light really finds a band pushing themselves in more of a black metal sound That sound is now at the front more, and it's also feeling very melodic death metal. The thrash is still there, but this black metal sound is so much more prominent. And at first, it is a bit shocking, because you expect this band, after four albums already in their discography, to continue with this thrash sound, but now they're feeling like a band that's very influenced by bands like Immortal and Nevermore. Musically, it's everything you should expect. There's frenzied riffage, concrete-splitting blast beats, crazy fretwork, tight-as-a-tiger tempo changes, neck-breaking speeds, and the vocals blur a black metal and death metal sound that create an eardrum-bleeding sensation. Devouring Radiant Light is very polished, very ambitious, very aggressive, and it's a very mature piece of heavy extreme metal to be honest there's not really a bad song in the whole album each listen you'll yield a new charm to it i really recommend this for anyone that likes their black metal anyone that likes their death metal anyone that likes their melodic death metal get involved and get around skeleton witch if you haven't yet this is for fans of skeleton witch at the gates nevermore immortal this is for fans of black metal savagery and thrash metal frenzy really really recommend it if that is your kind of jam the album i am talking about is devouring radiant light it is by skeleton witch and we do give it an eight and a half out of ten next album up for review is the new album by pagan called blackwash out now on EVP recordings. So this album clocks in at 11 tracks and Pagan are the Melbourne band who are female-fronted and do a unique take on blackened, post-hardcore rock and roll. This is the band's debut album and always with debut albums, there really is a statement of intent and this album does deliver it without a doubt. It's very, very impressive. However, this band is highly hyped at the moment. There's a lot of attention and a lot of critics and fans raving about it. Is it deserved? I'm not sure. I definitely think it's impressive, but I'm not quite sold on it. I have heard a lot of this style before. There are a lot of bands that have done this before. Turbo Negro, Blood Command, Refused. All of these bands do this sound. I'm not saying this album isn't good, I'm just saying I don't think it is as impressive as people are making it out to be. Musically, where do they sit? As I said, it's blackened punk rock, it's got disco vibes, it's got hardcore vibes, it's got metal vibes, it's jagged, it's frenetic, it's razor sharp, and it's got some entertaining grooves going on. Vocally and lyrically, Nicky... The vocalist stands out and really has a full force and furious voice. It's very maniacal and it's very rough and raw. You can hear her breathing and her vocal shredding in the takes. This gives off a very emotional, spirited and passionate vocal performance. But at times, if I have to be critical, it can sound very one-dimensional. After 11 songs of the same thing, it kind of starts waning on you. The album is without a doubt crammed with some great moments, some great ideas, but not all the edges feel smoothed out. Now, this release is great, but it's not quite perfect. I think on the next one, we will see Pagan really reach their potential. There is definitely big things ahead, massive potential, as I said, And they're a band that could really do something interesting in the Australian scene and the international scene. This is for fans of Turbo Negro, Marmozette's Refused, Blood Command. Give it a go if you love your post-hardcore mixed with a blackened rock and roll time. The album I am talking about is Blackwash. It is by Pagan. It is out now. And we do give it a 7 out of 10. Next up for review is the new release by Amen Noir and the EP is called The Tree That Bears Rotten Fruit. So this is the Melbourne band's debut EP and it clocks in at five tracks. This band play a very unique, very different take on melodic death metal meets blackened slam. They have the ability to switch pace and moods at ease. The intensity is very much at the forefront. The atmosphere is very much in your face. This band drip with talent. The lyrical abilities are off the chain. The musical abilities are next level. Musically, they can go from melodic, beautiful guitar solos and then switch seamlessly into a crushing slam with massive blast beats. This band contain everything to satisfy your savage, satanic wants and needs. Another thing about this band is the bass is actually shown off. It's not drowned in the mix, which is great to hear. The guitars, as I said, insane technique, massive solos, And windmill moments are plenty. The drums, as you'd expect, are crushing in your face. So many tempos, so many styles, and so much double kick skills. The vocals are everything you need and more. The talent going on here by Alex is insane. He has everything from the maniacal highs to the guttural lows. He sounds insane throughout this EP. One of the big positives also is being an EP, it never overstays its welcome. They go for blood and they leave the corpse once they're done. Really well delivered EP. Very exciting band, they're local, they're young, they're talented, they're creative, they're heavy and they're satanic. Everything you should need and want. If there's any negative you have to say, it really is only this overuse of atmospheric feelings there's a lot going on sometimes with that atmosphere on every song if it was maybe not used all the time i think it would have a bit more emphasis but that is really nitpicking if you have to find a negative this is for fans of the black dahlia murder dying fetus ingested angel maker this is for fans of death metal heads who enjoy melody This is for fans of savage music. All we have to say is, as they use in one of their songs, is hail horror, and Amé Noir have got big things ahead. The EP I am talking about is The Tree That Bears Rotten Fruit. It is by Amé Noir. It is out now independently, and we do give it an 8.5 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new solo album by D. Snyder called For the Love of Metal, out now on Napalm Records. So, this album is 12 tracks and it is by the very infamous, very well renowned 80s 90s glam metal man D. Snyder of Twisted Sister fame. Now that Twisted Sister have retired and are no longer doing anything. It's time for D's fourth solo album. The first thing you need to know before going into this was this album was done as a bet between Jamie Jaster of Hatebreed and D Snyder. Jamie brought on this idea, bet D Snyder he wouldn't do it, and of course, D Snyder stepped up to the plate and has delivered. Now the reason I mention that is because this album was entirely produced and written by outside artists and musicians. Not one musical note, not one lyric was written by Dee Snyder. All the songs are geared and delivered to show off his signature vocals and the strength he possessed. So going in you shouldn't expect hair metal jams by a forgotten era. What you've got is more of a metal, traditional metal sound mixed with a very power metal sound. Another interesting thing about this album is it has a lot of guest appearances. It's got very much a who's who appearance list. There is Howard Jones, there's Members of Lamb of God, there's Alyssa of Arch Enemy, Toxic Holocaust, Kingdom of Sorrow, just to name a few. The album is definitely high in energy. It's an intriguing concept and it is complex sounding at times and can be very entertaining. But I don't think this album has a lot of repeatability. I don't think you're going to go back to this album in six months time. While there's all those positives about being high energy and stuff. It also unfortunately comes across feeling very sloppy, very muddled and very confused. There's a bit too much going on. A few too many ideas, a few too many cooks in the kitchen. A classic example is just listen to the song featuring Howard Jones and it is horrible. It is one of the worst songs I've heard this year. Just cringy and wasteful. Now, another negative, unfortunately, about this is the lyrics are over the top. They're over macho and a bit too cliche. That really distracts you from what's going on. This album overall feels like a cash grab. This doesn't feel really genuine. Now, I know it came from a bet, but the end result, unfortunately, doesn't feel serious. None of these songs can be played in a live setting unless D. Snyder decides to use backing tracks and we know that that's not what people are going to want. They're going to want to hear these songs with Howard Jones on stage as well, with Alyssa on stage as well and unfortunately that's not likely to happen. If you love your glam metal and you idolise D. Snyder, give it a go. If you're curious and want to know what it sounds like, Maybe give it a listen, maybe one will do. This is for fans of Twisted Sister, this is for fans of Metal Church, Man o War, Overkill, Judas Priest. The album I am talking about is For the Love of Metal, it is by D. Snyder. it is out now on Napalm Records and we do give it a 4 out of 10. So that's it for Mosh Reviews done and dusted for this week. What did you think of our reviews? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Get in touch. Let us know. Is there something that's come out that we've missed? Get in touch. Let us know. Are you in a band and you have a new album or EP on the way? Get in touch. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. And to get in touch, you can send us an email and that is zone at gmail.com you can also get in touch with our social medias all of those are at the mosh zone you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter or alternatively you can get in touch using the website our website of course is www.themoshzone.com get in touch we'd love to hear from you guys we'd love to grow this mosh zone community it's now time for our mosh interview this week i had the massive honor massive privilege to be able to sit down and chat with bjorn of soil work the night flight orchestra and so many other bands he has appeared in and done bjorn and soil work are one of the pivotal bands for me growing up in my teenage years because when i lived in norway They are Swedish, but they had a big crossover and big mass appeal all over Scandinavia. I discovered them, and they are one of the few bands that were responsible for pushing my musical tastes further out and helping me discover new music. So to be able to have Bjorn on the show is a massive moment for me and a massive moment for The Mosh Zone. Really, really appreciative of Bjorn for taking time out for the show Thank you so much, Bjorn. Forever grateful, forever thankful. That chat with Bjorn is coming up now. So first off, um, I know you got your nickname, Speed, from the music you listened to at school, but what age were you when you kind of discovered heavy music? Um, I
1: think my first introduction was uh, when I was, six or seven years old when we went to i went to a gas station with my mom and i saw iron maiden number of the beast and cassette tape um and uh i just really liked how it looked i i, I mean i probably heard about the band but i didn't know what it was and and then i convinced my mom to buy it and then we put it in the, the car stereo and i think that that's where my my sort of life changed you know had a huge impact on me i would never forget that moment, but as far as the, the heavier stuff, you know, I think uh, that's something that I discovered around, you know, when I started junior high, like, 91, and I had a classmate who uh, whose brother was sort of like a tape trainer, you know, so I, that's how I, I got to know all of sort of this the, the Swedish death metal scene the early 90s, and also the Florida scene, and uh, I got into more of sort of Slayer stuff as well, like the thrash side of things, and with Sodom Creator stuff like that. So, but I, I still, I still sort of kept my, you know, interest for for you know different genres. You know, I was I was all my life I've been very much a musical commune. You know, it's like. You know, growing up in the 80s, it was like Lost Iron Maiden meant just as much as, you know, Eurythmics and, and, you know, even like Bruce Springsteen. I, I mean, I was all over the place, you know, and I, that's something I've always been like that. You know? and, uh, but I think in, in the beginning of the 90s, that that's really where when I discovered the sort of extreme side of the music Um uh,
0: So did you grow up in a musical household or was it just kind of something that you kind of developed a passion for yourself? Because I do know that you're someone that's open about you're very obsessed with music, much like myself. You kind of bleed it and breathe it. So is that something that's in the family or it's something that you took on yourself?
1: Well, I mean, there are no like musicians, you know, within my family, uh, there's a little bit on my dad's side, but it's more like sort of jazz and stuff, but I I was never really into jazz, but I think it really has to do with my mom playing a lot of music in the car. I have no sort of recollection that my mom was playing that much music at home. It was always in the car. Yeah. And, and, um, but I I wouldn't say that my parents were like huge music fans. That it was something that was Sort of that meant a great deal to them. They always liked music, but they were not like the typical sort of music fans, you know. Well, all all their vinyls I found in the basement, you know, and, and this this uh, this dresser, you know, and, and they were sort of like mo- what do you say, moldy? And, mm. and I was like, like, so what are you guys doing, you know? And I, I found Who's Next by the Who. You know, that's that's how I discovered that album. And it's like, why aren't they down in the business? Yeah, we, we don't really you know, listen to music that much anymore. We listen to radio. It's like, what are you... Like, this is crazy. Why don't you telling me about all these vinyls, you know?
0: So then, so, when did you... Yeah. When did you... Because I do know that you write a lot of music, um, not just... I think it's pretty much every band you've been in, apart from a few, that you've pretty much helped write music. So did you start out on a certain instrument or did you kind of dabble on each of them?
1: Um, I started out uh, as a guitarist. Uh, but I remember I, and when I was a kid at my sort of daycare, uh, it was sort of like a private daycare where the dad in the family had his own band and, and it, in, in the basement there was sort of like a rehearsal room. And the first instrument that caught my attention when I went down there was the drum. Oh, so uh, that's my earliest memory. You know how you know, sitting behind the drum kit, it's like, wow, what is this? You know, it's really cool. But somehow, I started out with guitar. You know, in in my teens, and uh, I was I, I didn't really have any plans about becoming a singer. Uh, I I sort of became a singer overnight. You know, when when Peter who I started to work with, and uh, when we met in, in, in high school, and we didn't know each other since before, he just came up to me based on sort of the look I had back then. I, I definitely looked like a metalhead. I had sort of death metal and black metal logos painted all over my jacket and long black hair. And uh, he asked me if, you know... Uh, he, he said i'm about to start this metal band you know do you want to sing and i was like oh i, I play guitar like okay <laughs> i could i could try you know and that's that's how I became a singer so there was no no plans really you know uh,
0: did you ever take dreams, lessons i uh,
1: i took three lessons that's it uh, before i practice this portrait you know right before because that's when we started adding more clean vocals mm. now you know, that and that's it Then. thats
0: yeah. Now, around that start of the band, which was, I mean, technically 96 because you had a different name at first, um, everyone mm-hmm. says you guys get thrown that tag of the Gothenburg Sound Pioneers or among them, but you guys weren't from mm-hmm. Gothenburg. Um, what, was, no. what was the Swedish metal scene like in those late 90s? Because you guys came in at a time when there were so many bands pushing the sound like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, in, in our city, there wasn't that many metal bands at the time. There's way more metal bands nowadays. So uh, we couldn't really... We felt sort of lonely in, 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 in that scene, you know, in, in Helsingborg, uh, which is like three hours south of Gothenburg. But, yeah. you know... We sometimes went to Gothenburg, especially to go sort of record shopping. There we were some really good record stores there. And uh, I guess at a pretty early stage, you know, we got to know the guys from the, from the Gothenburg scene as well. We recorded our first album in 97. And that that was sort of where we got to know the guys in the Plains and Dark Tranquility and, and, and at the gates as well. And uh, I think we were very inspired by that scene, but we were also very inspired by bands like dropping and Lab with the album City and also Carcass Heartwork, so um, so in, I mean in a way we were a part of that scene, but at the same time we weren't. You know, we were some, somewhere in between because we got sort of influence from from other directions as, as well.
0: Now at the time when people are saying that this is a whole new style of music, I mean, how do you take that as an artist? Do you go? Uh, I didn't think it was, or are you like, oh, well, I appreciate that, but we weren't going for that?
1: Um, hard to say. I mean, I, I knew we had something something special, you know, and, and I think that that's what people started saying, you know, labeling solar gas at the beginning of, of the 2000s, you know, when we got time to nuclear blast that we we have sort of like this, this modern version of melodic death metal and we never really thought about that. We were just influenced from a lot of things and I, I, I knew we had sort of the ambition to, to write something pretty unique, you know, but I don't think at the same time we were trying that, that hard to, to be unique because if you do, it sort of shines through a little bit, you know, if you want to sort of be different for just for the hell of it, you know. And then but it felt, felt pretty like a natural flow.
0: And that's the thing, it did feel natural. And all of you guys in that sound that you were saying, like Dark Tranquility, In Flames, At the Gates, Soil Work, all of you guys, then you guys were all being credited for then spurring on this another genre, which was metalcore. I mean, you guys yeah. you guys were, it's quite, I mean, I, I think from your perspective or from an outside's perspective, it'd be very, very weird to suddenly, you're just a bunch of guys from a small Swedish town and next thing you know, you've created this genre and you've influenced another one that's blown up. Yeah. Um, did that, yeah. do you feel like that created pressure on the band around the time of A Predator's Portrait, around
1: 2001-ish? Uh, I don't know if we felt any pressure. I, I remember we, we did our first American tour in 2002, and then there was this band opening up that whole tour, which was called Kill, Switch Engage. Mm. And, and <laughs> it, it's pretty fun to think back, you know, They and, and they were heavily influenced, you know. I remember, you know, I, I know them very well at this point, obviously, and, but... Um, I remember they said, like, you know, Natural Born Chaos, you know, on that part party, you know, it, it means so much to this band, you know, and we would not have existed without them, you know. So it it, it was really cool to hear that. And then, obviously, it, it, it became huge. And, you know, and,
0: um, and then, I don't know,
1: it, it was inspiring. I mean, they're, they're a bigger band than solvers nowadays, you know, oh. and, and have been for quite, for, for quite some time, you know, and... Uh, but it's, it's also inspiring, you know, to, to hear those, you know, to hear big bands name-dropping, you know, soul work. Um, it happens
0: pretty often. Well, that, that album you mentioned, Natural Born Chaos and A Predator's Portrait, was when you started bringing in the melody, um, really incorporating yeah. that Beauty and Beast style. What, what brought you to... Yeah decide to suddenly do that because you weren't heavily doing that and then it became uh, a weapon in your arsenal around those albums. What was the decision at the time?
1: I guess I I, I just, as a singer, I wanted to express myself in in, in different ways, you know, And, and I enjoyed screaming, but I felt that there's, you know, there's more. There has to be more that we can sort of, um, it fit in the music, you know, something that, you know, a different expression that will still go along with, with, with the melodies and the guitar work and, and, and the intensity, you know, because uh, yeah. it was always, you know, like, oh, it needs to be screaming vocals. Otherwise, it's sort of sell like sellout or pop or whatever. But I, I, I never believed that, you know, I felt that, you know, it's all about presence in the end. So I, I wanted to take that step. It was sort of a a natural step for me
0: and did you did you at the time get any negativity like you said like the sellout tags or anything like that
1: yeah for sure yeah. really yeah we got it from uh, from some people but most people were pretty positive i would say like wow this is this is really something new and, and then and of course people say wow you can actually sing you know and of course that was like good for the confidence because i i i think i needed that confirmation because i was not very confident at at the beginning when i started adding clean vocals and and when you sort of got the recognition you you got really inspired and and i really developed as a singer now did it i think i you know i needed that encouragement too i think
0: did it add pressure to the live show because there's a there's as you know being a seasoned over 20 years Artist, there's a whole different thing within the studio and on stage so did it add pressure to doings cleans on on stage do you feel the pressure to hit every note
1: yeah it it was definitely scary at first you know it was it was rough you know so it it definitely took some time for me to feel confident and and sort of pull that off it's 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 not it wasn't easy nowadays it's pretty easy but um yeah I mean, I, I guess it's only natural that it will, really, you know, take some time to do to be able to switch in between the different
0: vocals in a uh, in a comfortable way. Now, one of my favorite albums that Soilwork did, um, you guys, was Stabbing the Drama. Fucking like mm-hmm. that album for me is still to this day, along with Natural Born Chaos, I think it's just amazing. That album. Is it right that that really kind of broke you into the American scene more than any album?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially since we did Auschwitz that year as well, you know, when we released Starting the Drama, that had a huge impact, I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that album was slightly more sort of American sounding. It was sort of like a perfect blend of sort of American... Grooveness and heaviness mixed with sort of sort of that like Scandinavian melodic death metal feel, you know. And I, I think that's something I that was
0: sort of picking out too. And I think it was it like you said, it's diverse as well, which is what this was around mm-hmm. the time you guys became diverse. Um, and yeah, I think is that something that you've always because what you're going into, you're currently recording, if I'm right, at album eleven. Is it something? Making sure it's always interesting and challenging is that very important nowadays not just not just doing another record for the sake of it?
1: yeah, I mean it needs to be a challenge every time I think that's what sort of keeps this band alive, you know that we manage to to evolve you know and, and sort of develop our sound and and break some boundaries uh, and um, because I mean it, I don't think we could have just stick with, you know, having the drama was very successful, but there's no way we could have sort of recreated that album and keep doing, you know, that sound forever, you know?
0: Mm. And the new album, which is, like we said, number 11, the, at this stage of soil work, I mean, you're the only founding member. Has it ever been difficult for you to want to keep going? Because. Um, inside the camp you've had a lot of ins and outs and from the outside I think some people have thought at times maybe you guys were going to fold has it ever felt like it was going to finish or has the fire always been burning
1: no I mean there's definitely been times where I I, I felt that you know maybe maybe now's the time you know um but I've been lucky enough to have people coming into this band that contributed with something refreshing, something new, you know, that had inspired me as well, you know? And it also inspired me to pick up the guitar once again and start writing songs. And that all started happening for real with Living Infinite where I wrote like six, seven songs. So I, I got really inspired from that. And, you know, now I have, you know, that's when David joined the pole for real you know, and now we're both in Soulwood and Night Flat Orchestra and I think that makes for a really nice musical balance, you know, sort of the best of both worlds, you know, so I think uh, I think that's sort of the secret recipe I mean, the lineup lineup changes has actually been something positive for this band in the end, you know, it's uh, it's always been a creative unit and we managed to to develop our sound, they'll sort of stay true to our roots, whether there's, you know, whether the lineup changes have, you know, changed our sound or not. You know, there's there's always been a nice constant flow of inspiration.
0: Yeah, and no, I think that's the thing. You know, Soil Work, every album sounds like Soil Work, no matter how different it may appear. It is Soil Work. Now, before cool. I before, before I ask about the other stuff you've done one last soil work question Um, will the album be out this year or will we maybe have to wait till next year
1: either in in the very end of this year or beginning of next
0: so has recording been finished
1: Uh, I have like three songs left
0: to do vocals for and and that will be it ooh nice okay excited for that yeah that's going to be sick yes now Next one to obviously talk about is Night Flight Orchestra, um, which is which is just fun. I think you know it's obviously different. It's seventies, eighties sounding. It's very rock indie sounding. Where came the decision to do this?
1: Um, it all it all started when I met David really uh, when he was the session guitar player for Soul Work on the North American tour. And I think it was 2007 maybe. Uh, and uh, I didn't know him since before. And we, we noticed pretty quickly that we, we, we liked the same things, you know, we really bonded over classic rock and uh, had our own little classic rock party like every night in, in, in the back doing sort of song battles, you know, on that <laughs> tour. And, um, I guess we started discussing, you know, that that you know this sort of era is sort of it's it's, it's sort of like a lost art of, of sort of composing songs and performing songs and and that it's missing out there. And we wanted to sort of create a band that captured this era and, and and make it into our own, you know. And and it was just a matter of finding the right people, sort of share the same love and understanding for that kind of way of playing and composing. And um, we, we found the right people and um, it took some time, you know, and then we, we jammed together for the first time in like 2009 or 2010 and it was just magical and it was one of the biggest kicks I've ever gotten in my musical career. And uh, we noticed that we had something pretty special pretty quickly, you know, and then to get signed to this small Italian label and release two records there, and I think you know those two first albums are sort of all over the place. But it's, it's, I think at that time we're still band who's trying to channel all of our influences into something like a mutual vision, you know. And they all fell into place with, especially Amber Galactic, and now the new album as well. Sometimes too boring enough, but it's, I think the aim was to sort of uh, provide a road trip soundtrack. You know, mm-hmm. a, a soundtrack of being in motion and sort of very dreamy, you know. And uh, I think I I developed developed so much as a vocalist through through that band as well, and that's something that I brought with me to Soul as well. So I think it's been it's been a very beautiful thing, and and um, I feel very balanced musically, you know. Um, you guys, you I guys do seem do to
0: do you seem to write the music pretty quick, um, because it was literally only last year that Amber Galactic came out, and we're literally yeah. about to see the sometimes the world ain't enough to be released. So, I mean, where do you, where do you guys find the time between Saw working and Night Flight Orchestra?
1: Well, I mean, last year Saw work wasn't that busy, and and uh and with, with Night's Light Orchestra, it's sort of like a constant theme. Without band, we never really sit down and say, Let's, oh, it, it, it's time to, to write and record a new album. Let's book five weeks in the studio. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, they have this band with two producers in the band with their own studios, and we always have recording sessions whether there's an album planned or not. So it, it, we just keep on writing and. and uh, we get together for a week or so, we, we cook, drink, and, and, and record songs. And, and uh, so it's 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 all a natural flow there, too. And uh, after last summer, we, we noticed that we had 40 new songs, you know, and, and we knew that we had enough songs that would sort of form a really nice album with, with, with a great flow, because it's, it's it's very crucial to us that we release an album, you know, mm. that will take you on a journey, rather than just throwing up, you know, oh, we have enough songs that are catchy, and, you know, let throw them out there. It, it's, you really, really, there's a lot of attention to detail. You know?
0: And how is the... So, I mean... It's, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, I mean, I, I think it's been, pretty, it's been fairly easy to find time, you know, uh, in the end. I mean, it, it's harder... When it comes to shows, you know, I, I know that next year we, we will be touring both with Work and Night Flight Orchestra. So we have the same booking agents, which obviously helps, you know, but it, it's, it could, yeah. Well, I'd like how? Not, not to think about it too much now.
0: Now that leads me to a, a question I was going to ask about with um, Night Flight Orchestra. You have been playing shows, and do you find, do you guys find that you have some non-soilwork fans turning up or a lot of people coming into it because of soilwork? Like, how how is the fan base going with Nightflight Orchestra?
1: I think it's very mixed. We've only done one European tour so far, which was really successful, and uh, it, it really feels like we're sort of, you know, bringing out people that would never show up at the same show. You mm-hmm. know, there's this, uh, you know, I almost picture like this, this sort of hipster pop kid Looking at this this guy, this metalhead with the EMT patches, <laughs> and asking him what the hell he's doing there, and and the metalhead says, "I'm going to ask you the same question." You know, that sort of sums it up. You know, I think because it was a very very mixed crowd, and I think that's really cool. You know,
0: it's and, it's refreshing, um, probably as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's been both. I mean, obviously, a lot of people like you know, fans of, of R. Shanty and Soulwork who discovered this band through through those bands, but there's also people like, like, oh, yeah, I just noticed that you have th- this other band. It's, it's sort of more like metal, right? You know, so I've, I've gotten both sort of, you know.
0: And and, and um. Questions. Night Flight Orchestra also even got up to the Swedish Grammys you were nominated.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean... Crazy. It's it. There's clearly there's clearly a winning formula here. Now with the lives thing, um I know that you guys announced you're doing as you said some tours soon. Is it ever something you're going to bring down to Australia? Because Sawyer works been down here six or seven times. But what about night flight?
1: Yeah, I would love to. I mean, we would love to. uh it, It's something that's definitely in the plan. You know. Uh, I guess we're sort of aiming to carry on that ABBA legacy, you know, that was dominating down under in, like, late 70s, early 80s. You know, we feel we have a responsibility.
0: It's the Swedish must. Yes,
1: yes. Now, so, yeah, I mean, it's a matter of budget, I guess, but we're going to work really hard at doing the
0: Australian tour. Just a couple more questions before I let you go, Bjorn. Now, um, like I said at the start, I'm a massive, massive fanboy. Um, how did you get involved with Dysamonia Mundi? Um, because you came in on, into that band on their album, Fragments of Degeneration. And when that was about to come out, the reason it piqued my interest was they said you were going to guest vocal on it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Gonna have to check this out. And this is before social media. So it was through magazines and stuff. And then suddenly you're the whole album. And it's not just one album it was a few albums
1: yeah so yeah, yeah. i mean it, it it all happened you know in i think it's 2002 maybe when i got an email from from and uh, the the uh, the main guy in the band um, and he, he sent me a couple of songs on like demos and, and said he was a big fan and was wondering if I, I I would do sort of like a guest performance, and also it's sort of a, if I had any connections with labels and stuff. And I like, and I, I decided to listen to it, and I was I was blown away. It's like wow, you know, because you get so many songs to your inbox through know, the years, and and you know, and and the only there's only a few that sort of sticks out and that you actually really catches your attention, and Disharmonia definitely did. And I said, yeah, why not? You know. And so they flew me into Italy, and I spent a week there, and we had such a great time and became really, really good friends. And that album turned out really good, and then after that, it just became sort of like a, a tradition. It's like, okay, there's a new Disharmonia album, so let's are you up for it? It's like, yeah, why not? I'll come down. <laughs> you know, so it's, that's how it
0: happened. It's amazing. Some of those, some of those tracks or albums, um, like Mind Tricks in two thousand six. Fuck, such a sick yeah. album. Like, oh, and that, <laughs> that that band's all over now, isn't it? Too. No more dissonant. No, I don't think so. I
1: think they're they might be uh, writing something new.
0: Ooh, does that mean you'll That's be on I
1: Yeah, I would like to. Ooh.
0: Yeah, get on it. Get on it, Bjorn. Get on it.
1: Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, we'll <laughs> do. Yes, sir. And
0: um, the last question I have before we we'll wrap it up is the one-off album you did with a band called Cold Seed. Wow. Yeah. Now, that had, you know, yourself, I had X-Blind Guardian, and that album was two thousand and six, and the album was called "Completion Makes the Tragedy," and it kind of just appeared out of nowhere. Um, and then that was it. There was no gigging, no follow-up album. Was that just a quick passion project of yours, or what was it?
1: Well, I was Tolman, the the former drummer of Blind Guardian, who contacted me and said that he really liked my voice and wanted to do something, you know. And I think he had some pretty big plans and i said right away like i won't be able to tour this you know but i i'll sing on the album it sounds interesting and i'm i like blind guardian you know so i was kind of thrilled by that and um then we got together and, and, and recorded the album but you know i don't know there, there's, there's some cool stuff on there but maybe it didn't really turn out the way everyone had hoped for maybe but um you know listening back i still sort of Pressure that time that you know we spent together in the
0: studio and hanging out it was a really good vibe and, and there's, there's definitely some, some cool tracks on there yeah it's got a very southern groove to it it was very unique yeah, yeah um now before i let you go beyond the last segment i do is called pick your poison and basically i give you two options and you pick your favorite of the two okay okay So we're going to start off, hopefully an easy one, pizza or burger? Uh, Pizza. Okay. Beer or bourbon? Beer. Okay. Chicken or beef?
1: Beef. Okay.
0: Cinema or on the couch? On the couch. Okay. Slayer or Pantera? Slayer. Okay. Cooking or dining out?
1: That's a tough one. I think cooking.
0: Okay. Now, this one's a very important one. Cat or dog?
1: Dog. Yeah,
0: good answer. Yes. Um, uh, uh, I have three dogs So it's like Oh please be a dog lover Yeah I love Uh, dogs um, Terminator Or Predator
1: Uh, Terminator
0: Star Wars Or Star Trek Star Wars Beach or Snow That's going to be A bit weird for you Yeah
1: Yeah i'll fix
0: no and the last well two left cd or vinyl
1: Well, it'll be vinyl
0: and last one touring or recording recording and that's it thank uh, Bjorn. thank you so much dude thank you
1: thank you no problem my pleasure
0: So that was my chat with Bjorn of Soilwork and the Night Flight Orchestra. He was also in Disamani Mundi and so many other bands that we mentioned in that chat. Now, if you haven't checked out Soilwork, if you haven't checked out the Night Flight Orchestra, what the fuck are you doing? I find it really interesting that a lot of people say they love Killswitch Engage, but then you ask them, do they know who Soilwork are? And they go, yeah, kind of know who they are, but not really into it. Well, I think you need to go out there, you need to delve into Soilwork's discography because Bjorn and Soilwork are one of those bands that were pivotal in creating a blueprint that bands like Killswitch used and created a career off the back of. Such an amazing band and such an amazing influence on myself and a lot of people I know's upbringing and discovery of metal. So thank you, Bjorn. Got to say massive appreciation, massive thank you. Really, really, really stoked to be able to have him on the show. So before we wrap things up this week, we're going to just break down a few questions we've been asked over the last few weeks. We put a post up on Instagram saying, ask us a question. And we did get quite a few we got a question that was, if you could interview anyone alive or dead, who would it be? Now, this is really hard for someone like myself. Now, alive-wise, there are so many. And just some big names in themselves would be Phil Anselmo, Rob Flynn, Corey Taylor, Jaster, and Winston of Parkway. Of course, I've also gone in there. I'd love to speak to Freddie of Madball. And I'd love to speak to the Terror Boys. Now, Dead Wise, it would have to be Dimebag, Vinnie Paul and Kirk Cobain. There's so many people I'd love to have on this podcast and we will be eventually going through that. Also got asked, what's your background that led to creating The Mosh Zone? Well, I grew up in a musical family. Mum was an English and music teacher, so music was always in the household. I started collecting music, as in CDs and vinyls, at the age of seven. I do remember that for my first Christmas around that time, when I wanted just music, I got an Alice Cooper CD, I got Metallica, and I got Iron Maiden. The first album I bought with my own music also was an Aerosmith album. I played multiple instruments growing up. I then became a DJ in a heavy metal nightclub. I booked bands in a heavy metal nightclub. I performed vocals in a band for about three to four years. And I was a radio presenter for about a year and a half, nearly two years. So all of that has brought me to the Mosh Zone. Another question I was asked this week was, who's your favorite old school new metal band? Now, first off, I an interesting part of this is: Do we classify Deftones as new metal anymore? They were a one-stage, but I'm not going to include Deftones in this list. But they are definitely one of them. I'd have to say my three are Dry Kill Logic, so underrated in the new metal style. Forty Below Summer, amazing. And I am a biscuit, limp biscuit fan. Another question I was asked this week was: What's your favorite metalcore band? Now, for me, this is basically Mission Impossible. There's so many to name, and I know I'm going to miss out on a few. But just a few that came to mind were Parkway Drive, Killswitch Engage, While She Sleeps, 36 Crazy Fists, Bleeding Through, Bury Tomorrow, Unearth, Darkest Hour, For the Fallen Dreams, Bleed From Within, Caliban, Lay Dying, The Agony Scene, Himsa, I Killed the Prom Queen, Atreyu, and Baptised in Blood. Now, Baptised in Blood are one that I think everyone should go check out. They only ever released a debut album. It was released on Roadrunner Records in around 2010, 2011. They were Canadian. If you have your chance to get hold of that self-titled album by Baptised in Blood, you can thank me later. So that is our question segment done. We will be doing it again on Instagram within the next few weeks. So when you see it pop up in your story feed on Instagram... Shout at us. Give us some questions. And that is the Mosh Zone episode 28 done and dusted in the can for this week. All wrapped up. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you had a great time listening. If you're a first time listener, thank you for tuning in and thank you for giving us your time and attention. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you come back in future weeks. If you're a regular listener... Thank you again for coming back and listening to my ramblings and listening to The Mosh Zone. Your support is always, always appreciated. Thank you as always for tuning in. Now, this week, if you've got the time, help us out. Share the podcast on your social medias. Share it on your Facebook, your Instagram or your Twitter. Help us spread the word about The Mosh Zone. Help us get out to more listeners. Your help doesn't go unnoticed and is always Always appreciated. Thank you to anyone who shares it on the regular. A massive thank you to Michael Dixon, who's always on the regular shares. Much appreciated. Much love, dude. Always, always thankful for you. Now, also this week, if you've got time and you use iTunes or if you use SoundCloud, any of those services, make sure you like the podcast. And if you're on iTunes, make sure you give us a rating and a review. It also really helps us get out to more listeners, helps put us further up the rankings so more people will randomly see our podcast. And that's it. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you had a great time. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe.
1: Open the pit.